Thanks for tuning in to the Beyond Normal podcast, where we highlight minority business owners and founders, and we use this platform to shed light on their entrepreneur journey. very special guest here today. He is a author. He's here to share his story. I appreciate him coming on as a creative on my platform, sharing with uh, me and the audience here today. I have Lorenzo Alexander Chambers. He is the author of Gypsy Woman. Thanks for being on uh, episode, Lorenzo. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to hop right into things because, uh, you know, I dived into the book myself. It's a, it's an excellent read, short read for those um, who wants something uh, to entertain them, you know, while we're all in, in the house for COVID. So I want to pass it to you, Lorenzo, just to give folks a little bit of background about yourself and your journey into being an author and, and an owner of content. Yeah, so um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Everyone knows that. Uh, I've traveled around the world. I lived in Italy, different places, had a lot of different careers. Uh, presently, I'm in my 14th year uh, as an elementary school principal here. I love what I do. I feel like it's part of my calling. Um, I've always been a reader uh, and I've read a lot of different books. And I think um, in order to be a writer, you have to be a reader. And I reached a point in my life where I felt that uh, the story that's told in Gypsy Woman is a story that just needed to be told um, from the perspective of a young black man growing up in, in an urban area because that story is, is hardly ever told. And, um, and so I was driven and I, I had a passion to do it. And in the fore of the book, I mentioned the idea of um, telling this tale, not so much to tell my own tale, um, but to tell the tale of many young black men who've grown up all over the country um, without positive male role models and some of the male role models that we had, um, they weren't so positive. So what happens to uh, young black boys growing up uh, in that environment, but ultimately being able to turn some of those experiences um, from being a crutch um, to prevent you from having a, a voice in the world to using it as a springboard to say, hey, we all have a verse to contribute to, to humanity. I appreciate that. And, and you touched on something there. Um, you know, you having that background in teaching, you, you know, you obviously being from the city, um, you know, tell us a little bit about what you're seeing. Um, you know, the, you mentioned the black boys there. Like, what, what do you feel like is lacking right now, um, just in terms of opportunity and growth for them um, as they, they're coming up through that childhood experience and then uh, into manhood, into adulthood? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think being a principal has helped me as a, as a black man being here for uh, some of the boys who may not have male role models in their homes, right? Um, during this time of COVID and the pandemic, um, the support system, I, I think we really need to focus on the social, emotional intelligence among all of our young people, but specifically if we're, if we're talking about young black boys, the idea is um, what does it mean to be a man and, and what does masculinity mean? And we always we talk about, there's a term that's thrown around now around toxic, toxic masculinity. Um, and so trying to address that to say, hey, it's okay not to be okay, right? Um, it's okay to show a range of emotions um, and just things like saying to, to a young black boy, hey, I love you, 
We don't hear that enough, right? Hey, do you need a hug? Hey, it's okay to cry. Hey, it's, it's good to be tough. If you fall down and just break your knee and get back up. So, so incorporating the range of emotion and being able to have conversations, right? So the skill set is how do we resolve conflict peacefully? Um, how do we separate behaviors from ownership of who we are? And so too often we've had other people determine who we are based on some actions, but not knowing the origins of those actions. So coming back to the place of why do we do what we do, right? Do we have some critical thinking and think before we act? What are the unintended consequences of the things that we do? And so I think having someone that looks like you have these conversations with you to, to, to then as a starting point to say, okay, so where do we go from here? And what will we do differently based on this? And hey, I'm not here to judge you. You made some bad decisions today, but tomorrow's a new day. And we don't, I, I, especially our black boys, we don't have that enough. And the culture and society, it, it wants to stigmatize us and say, hey, you are this way, right? You are bad because you made some bad decisions. No, I just made some bad decisions. Help me grow through that. Yeah, I, you know, I appreciate that. Um, you giving that perspective. And uh, I can think that some, you know, some of the characters that you had uh, Maximus uh, interacting with throughout the book, like there's just these little interactions that happen within the neighborhood, whether it be a scuffle, you know, whether it just be, you know, you know, boys just being boys, right, in, in, in certain instances, and they're children, right? But I think on the on the on the back end of that, you know, children, they're going to play, they're going to make mistakes, they're going to, you know, experience life, but there's got to be some, you know, there's got to be someone there, you know, a parent, you know, someone in the neighborhood, you know, we always had that, that those people in the neighborhood that just went out of their way, even if you weren't their kid, just to make sure, you know, the kids in the neighborhood were, were, were safe. It takes that um, adults kind of stepping in and kind of at least letting, letting them experience things, but on the tail end of that, like talking them through things like that, like those experiences, because it's a lot growing up, like you said, as a, as a, as a uh, black male. And I think what we're, what we're seeing right now with just all the social media, um, I'm a millennial, so people think I just naturally gravitate towards a lot of the social media. I can I can interact with it, but at times it's too much. And if it's too much for me as a 32-year-old male, you know, a grown adult, you know, for a kid, I can only imagine right now, you think you got these tools, you think you got your iPad, you, you know, your um, your video game systems, you, you know, these th different things out here that allow you to take in content. It's not necessarily a good thing just to have all that access to that content without somebody kind of guiding you along the way along your path. Definitely. I, I mean, I think people spend too much time um, on devices. I, I read somewhere that out in Silicon Valley in California, the, the makers of these, the, the platforms and, the, and the, the, the apps, oftentimes, especially that when their children, when their own children are young, they don't really allow their children on to have a whole lot of screen time, right? And so where's the balance between um, some interpersonal relationships, the socialization, hey, go outside and play. Like they don't even know what that means. So, I mean, obviously that's, that's the, the trend and that's the direction we're going in. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there has to be a healthy balance. Um, and I think we're, we're out of balance right now. I appreciate that. Um, and so I wanna dig a little bit into, like you said, you have that background. Uh, you're a principal, right? Um, you know, you're responsible for um, 
you know, molding, right? The kids, you know, everybody's kids who's watching this, like you're, you're responsible for molding that next generation, right? And, right. you know, um, making sure that, you know, they're well-rounded and they're able to, you know, add value to society, right? When they become adults, you know, like how did you transition to that, you know, that experience to say, hey, I want to make sure that I'm writing a book. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this story that way. Like kind of share a little bit about what maybe something that sparked the idea of you right. becoming right. an author. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I come from a family of educators. My mom was a, a teacher, my dad, my aunts, uncles. Um, and so it was the furthest thing from my mind. So when I graduated from school, I played ball. Um, I traveled a little bit. I worked on Wall Street. And uh, it was around 9-11 that education kind of called me um, from a serious place. And I decided that um, it was a calling. It was a sense of purpose. So number one, I think, too often people have jobs to earn, to pay bills, but it's not a sense of who they are, right? It doesn't give them a sense of contributing a verse to humanity. And so I wanted to, I feel blessed that I found a place of work, right? Where I can earn a decent living, live the life that I want, but I'm making a contribution. And so part of the idea, even with young people is to say, you too have a purpose and what is the purpose and how do we find that, right? The other idea was, being in education, it, it reminded me of my childhood from the perspective that too often, especially in urban environments around the country, um, young people have an overwhelming sense or experiences of trauma that they should not have, right? When you're young in other communities, um, their children don't go through the same traumas. So uh, we can't expect someone who's had five years of trauma to turn around in one year um, and all of a sudden not be not have not not have the effects or the long-lasting effects of it. It's almost it, it's almost becomes in your DNA um, and trauma becomes a way of life. And my idea was in writing this was, hey, I too have experienced some of those traumas, right? I too can own some of that. I will own my part, but also the idea was let's talk about how. If, if you make bad decisions or you treated women badly um, or you lied and whatever you did, right? Where did that come from? So that's the self-reflection um, that has to happen to say, hey, uh, and it's not an excuse again, right? It's to, to, to figure out what it is, own your part in it. And then now what are you gonna do differently? So as you get through the book, um, the, the main characters, they grow up, um, and some of them are now contributing to society, acknowledging that there was some dysfunction, right? And, and, and to no fault of your own because you were a child. But at the same, so now you had some dysfunction in your life, you had some trauma, you made some, some bad decisions. And, and, and now what are you gonna do differently now that you're, you're grown? You can't, there are no more excuses. And one way I think to make that transition is to say, you know what, let me use all of these experiences to make life a little better for someone else. So in my journey, um, if I could help somebody else or through the reading of this book, someone says, hey, you know, I was that guy and I'm not that guy anymore. And hey, we don't have to be that anymore. I think that that's was the, the inspiration for me. Um, and it's a, it's a scary place because you have to come to the table raw um, and be willing to go to that place and, and too many people are not willing to do that because they feel like they're alone. Um, and so again, I think in the reading of Gypsy Woman, people will say, hey, 
it's okay to acknowledge these these uh, experiences, but then yet on the tail end, I, I can be okay. Yeah, and, and as you were saying that, you know, I like the way you phrased that, but one thing I noticed, um, you know, the first, I'll say probably like the first 10 to 15 pages of the book that I read, the book was so raw, like in terms of the stuff that was happening. And I was like, holy crap, at first it kind of like to your point, when you hear some of the things that people go through, it's, it's almost like, I can't believe like this is happening, like somebody's living through this. But as I sit back, I kind of took a step back and I was like, this is my experience growing up in a lot of instances, my neighbor, you know, people, you know, and I feel like the way you just framed it, like you have these things that happen. A lot of times they are raw. Right. right? Not from the very, yeah. very beginning, but to your point, like you said, you travel, you have some experiences and then you're able to have that reflection. And then you end up at a spot, a great spot in your life. You have a family, you build it, you, you, you start building great things. Right. That rawness at first is something that I think overwhelms people sometimes hearing, um, especially in this current environment we're in right now. Right. We'll dive into that a little bit later. But um, yeah, yeah, people don't want to. Pe- so it's very interesting you say that because the feedback, a lot of people like the book, um, but, but I would, it, is a, it can be a tough read because it is raw. Right. And, and it, it can be uncomfortable, especially if you've had some of those type of experiences. You might want you might not might might not want to relive some of those experiences, right? Or it's also raw because if you didn't experience it, you, most likely you know someone who has experienced it, right? So now we're talking about what's the audience for the book. If people have not necessarily experienced um, some of the the the, the, tr- the the trauma in the book, though it's not all trauma. I mean, it, I think there's some humor in it. I mean, I think there are a lot of the range of emotions. Um, I think it'll make you laugh or make you cry, but it it, it is it is stunning. Um, and depending on your mindset, are, are you open to receive that? But I think, and that's the, that's the point of it. The, the, the rawness of the book is to say, this was real. Just like I can say, um, you know, I had some happy and powerful experiences um, in my childhood. I had some trauma that again, not to my own doing, it happened. So what do we do with that? And so do you, are you going to be a victim, right? Or are you going to kind of like overcome it and turn it around and use it as a platform for good? Yeah, you gotta make that decision, like you said, though. At the end of the day, you gotta make decisions because when you're when you're grown, and too many times, you know, grown men, grown people in general, I'm talking about, you know, in their 30s, in older 40s, 50s, you know, sometimes the conversation is, I am this way because of something that happened to me when I was 10 years old. That's not to to minimize it or trivialize it, but it is to say, okay, let's analyze it and figure out. How do you turn it into a positive? And one way is to figure out a purpose for being on the planet, right? Number one, whatever that is, right? And two is, can you help someone along the way? That second one is big. Yeah. So, so you you touched a little bit there around making these decisions, right? They're not always easy. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit around in terms of the way that you kind of, you know, went about creating this book writing the content for it, you know, what's something that you learned throughout the process of writing this book that you may have wanted to know, you know, may have helped you on the front end, or maybe may have been like an aha moment as you were going through the process? Yeah, great question. So it took me about three years to write the book, right? Um, so coming with ideas about the book, what are you writing about? Um, and then the process of writing. So 
it's, I think if you, A, if you're not a reader, it's going to be hard to be a writer, right? Then secondly, I think the, the discipline of writing and then the art of writing. And a lot of people are into the art of writing. So in writing this book and publishing it and, and kind of promoting and talking about it, a lot of people say, hey, I want to write a book too, or I have a book in me. And there's that old adage that everyone has a book in them. And that's true. That's the artist of them. And that's oftentimes when people get writer's block, it's because the discipline of the writing and the science is not involved. So one of the things, one of the reasons why it took me a long time to write is because I wasn't around other writers. So I probably wish that I would have gone to some more writing conferences. I'm going to be going to some writing conferences. It's good to, have, to be in that community to figure out what other writers are going through and how they're doing it. Finally, I, I Googled like some writers and how are they writing, what, what their process is. So doing some research to figure out how, how it's done. Um, so I, when I did that, I got to the point of, I wanna write a thousand words a day, right? That's the discipline of it, finding the time to do it, um, being kind and gentle with yourself because at some point it's like, you know, if I don't write every day, is that a bad thing? No, you know, that's gonna happen. Um, then the idea of how do you end the book because it can go on and on and on. So I think the craft of writing, more structure, um, those things up front. So uh, being in a community of writers, knowing about, know, more about the craft and the structure uh, would have helped me a lot. I'm more of, an, I'm more of the artist person and then mm. having people around me. So for example, my editor, so understanding the writing process, right? Mm -hmm. So coming up with ideas, what's the seed idea? then you just want to write. And so I think a lot of people stop writing because it's not perfect. So you have to get your ideas on paper. Then you have to go back and you have to revise, right? So the revision piece is, all right, so what I wrote on page 50, maybe that goes on page 25 and the organization of it. And then the last piece is the editing, but my editors um, help me with the revision and kind of the organization of the book. Um, and then um, the, 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 the editing piece. Um, so those are the things I, I wish I would have known up front. Other than that, I think the process of writing um, and getting into it, something like this book as well. Uh, another reason why I, I, it took me a while to write is because some of the scenes were so raw for me that it took me back to that moment. So I would after I, I would write like a paragraph or a page and I would have to say, whoa. <laughs> And I have to get up and walk away from the computer because I was reliving it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. No, I, I love all that. And I think all of what you said there, it translates to really anybody who's thinking about running a business. Um, as you know, right, the, the, the audience for this, um, entrepreneurs, we want to highlight you guys, you know, people who are, you know, making their own business, making their own moves so that, you know, people who are on that fence, they can have some of that perspective and what you're saying there you know what figuring things out you know it's a process you know i've heard that from so many people trying to build something on their own right now and you going with that passion which is what you want to have on the front end but then that process just figuring that piece out that's what may may draw you a little bit away from right um, actually creating but then for you i i think what's what's cool now for creatives is that like you said you write something you, you write a paragraph or something and then you take time to digest it Right. Um, I think that's very important. You know, I think that's something people are, that are making businesses outside of stuff that may be seen as creative need to 
maybe lean into that a little bit more and kind of embrace some of those feelings. Like you said, this book probably brought up so many feelings for you because as I'm reading it, I'm feeling a lot of the things, <laughs> all these different emotions. Like you said, the the happy, the sad, the oh my gosh, did that just happen? Like all these things are going on right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that for people, and you're right, the whole business aspect of it is you have to be able to persevere through adversity. Right. And so they always talk about, you know, the starting of a business, you know, three to five years. Um, you know, this is 2020. I just I, I published a book December of uh, 2019. So it, it's not it hasn't even been a year yet. Right. And then COVID hit. Right. So how do you get through that adversity? Sometimes you have to be patient um, and you have to believe that the, the real key, I think, was believing you have to believe in yourself enough to invest in yourself. Mm. And so think about it. Right. We invest our time and our energy and other people's ideas and dreams, right? And when do we have time to do our own? But when we retire, I mean, that's, that's kind of late in the game. And so earlier you and I talked about the idea of, you know, you, you have to multitask. So if you have a nine to five until you can get on your feet and do something different, um, you, you, that's what you have to do. So a lot of people say, you know, you are a principal and how did you have time to write? Well, again, you know, when I go home, Right, I'm not just sitting, sitting on the couch, you know, you gotta grind, right? I am mm-hmm. I set a specific time, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, I'm, I'm not just hanging out. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I do everything I need to do and I enjoy my life, but if you're about this life and about your business, invest in yourself. Chills, I just got chills, I appreciate that. So um, I wanna change, uh, change topics a little bit. Um, you know, as you know, you just mentioned COVID, right? I think that's the pandemic that's really affected all of us. Um, you know, as we've gone through 2020, we're hoping that it, it leaves sooner rather than later. But it, it, looks, it looks like it's here to stay right now. You know, the, the what I call like the kind of the second pandemic is just, you know, the social injustice. And now that social injustice right now is being highlighted. Um, you know, really started here in the States, you know, um, George Floyd and just name after name after name. Right. Uh, now it's traveling across the world with some of the conversations we're seeing in Nigeria and just, you know, across the world. Right. In terms of um, uh, uh, social inequalities, racial, you know, racial justice. You know, how are these conversations? Um, how are these conversations impacting you right now? And you, you know, your creative process, you writing and coming up with content? Yeah, so um, I'm actually, that's a great question. I'm actually in the process of, um, my, my next book is, is going to be a nonfiction piece around the idea of philanthropy, right? And philanthropy is this idea of engaging in some type of behavior that benefits mankind. Um, I, I, I think we're going to have to change our ideas of, around race as it relates to humanity. Right, so, and not to get too heavy, but this, this idea of race is a social construct to divide people, to try to justify white supremacy in, in controlling the resources, right? And when movements happen, everybody has to be included. So President Obama wasn't just elected by black people, right? Everybody had to be on board. And so I think having conversations that helps us figure out how does everyone get on board to help each other? Because other than that, we're always gonna have what I call pyrrhic victories, right? So this pandemic 
is a once, they say a once in a 100 year phenomenon, right? I think 1918 was the last time whenever. But guess what? If we don't make some, some real changes around social justice issues, economic issues, housing, education, you name it, 100 years from now, we're going to be facing the same dilemma, right? And so I'm like, if, if, if something is not sustainable, then we have to make some serious changes. So the conversations that we're having now in school is with, with, the, with the students, it's, it's applying what you're learning to real life. So we're talking about um, the Pledge of Allegiance. We're talking about the national anthem. We talk about Colin Kaepernick. Like, what do these things mean to a fifth grader? So we, and how do you kind of figure that out? And let's have real conversations. Why do you need to under, why do you need to learn how to read and do math? So if there's no real significance to real life and you can't apply it. So one of the things we start with is your family. Where do you come from? What are your origins? So the students have to do interviews with their family. Mm. My school is a, is a heavy Caribbean community. And so it starts with a, 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 self, a sense of self-esteem to understand that you can compete at the highest level, but ultimately, how do we share resources in a sustainable way so that we don't have to keep repeating what's happening now? Yeah, I, I like that in terms of the, the family piece, like you mentioned, kind of, you know, having that sense of community. Uh, there's actually one note that I, I recall from the book uh, where you were kind of going through explaining the different boroughs, right? Um, and it was something to the effect, let me make sure that I, that I get it right. Um, that, that was actually interesting. Uh, there was one point where it was like Brooklyn, that was kind of described as like the African Caribbeans, right? But right. then in the Bronx, obviously you have the Latin community, like you said, the, the, the um, you said Caribbean, right? Yeah. And so there's, there's the, there are these moments kind of where we think that, like you said, in the boroughs, you know, I've been to New York in the different boroughs, there are differences like right. between in terms of restaurants and just like, you know, culture, like it's New York City. So there's right. culture everywhere. Um, and people still from the, the culture of New York, right? right? You guys can claim to that. But I think it's interesting that, you know, you're having your your students doing that now where they're they're exploring, they're doing interviews with their family because there, do, there does need to be a reset, it feels like, in somewhat some aspects around that community, right? And I think of the different boroughs, right? The different boroughs, you have the different, you know, uh, backgrounds of people coming from different countries in the Caribbean. You talk about Africa. At one point, we all do need to say, right, we all are Black people. <laughs> that right. needs to come out, right? At the end of the day, right. So listen, and this is where people need to read and need to do research. Obviously, the origins of mankind comes out of Africa, right? And so the idea is have a strong sense of self so that you're not threatened by people who are different from you, which allows you to celebrate the diversity, right? Mm -hmm. I love eating food from different parts of the world. I love music and art from all types of, of the world because I'm not. it doesn't threaten who I am, right? It could add to who I am. And so I think that idea of celebrating diversity, trying to build, um, not, not succumbing to the false narrative that resources are scarce and only one people, um, you know, can can kind of control, um, and then kind of dealing with that. So I think um, the idea has always been strong sense of self helps you understand and celebrate diversity diversity more. Um, but the other idea is people have to get out and vote. They have you have to make your voice heard. That's part of what the book is is about as well. In that, if when you grow up in trauma 
too often we are silenced, right? And we need to give voice to the people and the people have the voice and they have to have the strength to exercise it. And I think the, there, there is a shift that's happening. Like I, I get the sense, you talked about it before. I mean, the Black Lives Matter movement, it's, 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 uh, it's international, right? Um, so I, I, think, I think things are, change takes, it, it happens slowly, um, but and it takes time. But at the, at the end of the day, I wanna encourage everyone to do their part in terms of do what you can where you are with, with what you have. Yeah, I love that message. So, so um, I think that's a good way to frame up th this question here, this last question here. You know, what are some, you know, how are you um, preparing for success in 2021, 2020? COVID has impacted us, but I think it's now, now it's a good time for us to, you know, uh, have that reflection moment, look at some of the things that we've accomplished throughout the year and have that kind of what's our North Star for 2021. So could you share a little bit around, um, you know, how you're preparing for set, success and what you think, what you want that to look like for you in 2021? Yeah, I think um, this whole, uh, the pandemic has, and everyone being home, right? Uh, it gives people a chance to reflect. And so oftentimes out of tragedy comes opportunity. And so what, is, what are the opportunities that can present themselves? I think people need to start thinking about uh, how do they position themselves and what talents do you have and how do you maximize those talents to live the life that you want because tomorrow is not promised, right? I had three um, good friends pass away um, due to COVID. And so it, it just reaffirmed for me um, the, commodity, the commodity of time, right? That's probably the most valuable thing we have. So A, I'm trying to use my time wisely, right? B, my, my health, right? If you don't have to, it's been, and people have been talking about this forever. Oh, you know, you don't have your health, you don't have anything. No, now it's real, right? The COVID, it's real. So what are you doing? Like, what's your, and it has to be a lifestyle. So it's not a diet, it's, 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 it's a lifestyle. Like, so what are you putting into your body? Are you exercising? Are you sleeping? So I want to start with health. What's your relationship to God, right? Whatever that is, right? I'm not a religious person. I am a spiritual person. Um, I think that when you have a, a, when you are a spiritual person or you believe in a higher power, then you're connected to community. So then how are you connected to community to do something that benefits the community? So if you're not, if whatever you're doing isn't benefiting the community, uh, then you have to question what you're doing. So I think those, and then who are you partnering with? How you are helping one another, um, and I think uh, developing those healthy habits um, is the is the start to living the life that you want to live. Coming from a perspective of what's my purpose. So, for an example, and I've said that several times, the sanitation worker who picks up the garbage every day, right? If he or she approaches their work through the lens of I pick up the garbage because without that, the community would be sick, right? You can't have garbage in the streets, right? It would be unhealthy and people would die in the masses. So you're not just picking up. So your sense of purpose is keeping the community healthy. The way you might do that is by picking up the garbage. So a sense of purpose has to be in everything. And that kind of, and, 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 and that perspective gets away from, if you're not a professional athlete or entertainer, or if you don't make millions of dollars, then you don't have worth when that could be furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, that's that's true. That example, like the, like you said, the the trash man, like 
We need them. Right. And when you like, think about when they, have, when they have trash breaks, everybody's like, then you're freaking out. Like it's that type yeah. of thing. When it's when it's right there in your face, you take it for granted. But then if they if, if they go out on if they go out on a strike and the garbage piles up and it starts smelling and, and it's and it gets crazy, now all of a sudden we appreciate it. So that's the other thing too, is I think appreciating the little things in life um is super important. And having and I know it's, it's it sounds corny, but an attitude of gratitude, all those mm. things are important. No, I like that. That, that that's catchy right there, Lorenzo. <laughs> I, right. I I didn't make it up. I heard it somewhere. Nah, still still run with it. Run with it. I like it. So you know, in closing, you know, I want to give you um some time, you know, just to let folks uh, know how they can reach out, stay connected, buy the book, stay interacting uh with the you know all the things that you're doing. Sounds like you're you're creating some new content as well. Yeah, I am. Thank you for that. So a a um if you go to uh. Uh, gypsywomannovel.com. That's my website. Uh, you can get the book there. We also have t-shirts. We have hats. Um, more about myself. You can kind of learn. You can kind of communicate that way. Gypsywomannovel.com is the website. Um, also, if you just go to Amazon and you Google Gypsy Woman and you Google my name, Lorenzo Chambers, you can get the book on Amazon. As you see, uh, I have a Zoom um, uh, book uh, talk tomorrow, um, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you can kind of log in and get the Eventbrite my, uh, on my, uh, my Facebook page under my name. It also has the, uh, the, the invite. So we're just moving forward. Thank you. Appreciate that, Lorenzo. Um, like I said, you know, at the start of the call, you know, creatives like you, you know, we need that right now more than ever. Like you said, you're putting your real life experiences into a fictional piece, but I can feel all that, you know, like I said, all the experiences that you had, I can feel all that through through the material. I appreciate you again for coming on and thanks to everybody for tuning in to the Beyond Normal podcast. Have a great day. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Beyond Normal podcast. We can be streamed across all major streaming platforms in addition to YouTube. Come back again. Wow.